You have found the Lines College Football Podcast. My name is Steven Andres, managing editor at thelines.com, joined each and every week on this show by the Lions College Football writer, Brett Gibbons. It is week four of the college football season, and we don't just have Saturday games. We got Thursday night games. We got Friday night games. Three straight days of pure, sweet college football action, Mr. Gibbons. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great, but I'm a little sad uh, because week four means that we're a third of the way done with the season. And uh, that makes me a little sad because we waited so long for this. But I'm super excited to get down uh, and talk about some of the nitty gritty in this week. So, hey, if the glass is one third empty, that means it's two thirds full, my friend. We got a lot of college football still to go here. And let's start with a Thursday night game between West Virginia and Virginia Tech. This one kicking off Thursday, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. As we record right now, West Virginia is a one-and-a-half-point road favorite, total at 50-and-a-half. There's apparently a trophy on the line for this game, the Black Diamond Trophy. Now, Gibbons, you've been to 106 college football stadiums. I think there are more college football trophies than that. I think you should like put together a video of every single trophy that exists in the world of college football with these old, obscure rivalries and throw it on our YouTube channel, man. Because I have never <laughs> heard of the Black Diamond Trophy. But yet again, I am not shocked that there's a trophy between these two random teams. Yeah, I there's there's a there's so many trophies that like you don't even know about and they change them sometimes they introduce new ones um, schools lose them for 50 years on end and then they just resurface in a janitor's closet. It's just the the history of college football rivalry trophies is rich and weird and exciting and everything that makes college football great. Yeah, absolutely. So let's break this game down here. West Virginia, a one and a half point road favorite, as I mentioned, it is in Blacksburg, so always a tough place to play, but we have pretty significant concerns here with one of the offenses in this one. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, Virginia's, Virginia Tech's offense is putrid. They're 88th in EPA per play. They're 89th in points per drive, which means they can't finish their, their drives either. Uh, they, they run 57% of the time, one of the higher marks in the country. Um, and their top two running backs are, are battling injury. Their their lead back going into this season, uh, Malachi Thomas or Malachi Thomas, a sophomore, hasn't played yet. Um, and then their their top load bearer from this year is battling injury. He should be good to go Thursday night. But with injuries, you know, it could inhibit the way he plays. Uh, they scored 27 whole points on uh, Wofford, who uh, the last time I checked is not a FBS team. So uh, really just significant concerns about Virginia Tech's offense. And now... When you have this big of a concern with an offense, I start thinking about the under because I don't think that they're going to be holding their weight. And that's why I really like to to look at in unders. And, and this is going to be the Lions uh, College Football Unders podcast this week because I just have a slew of them that I love. So um, Grant Wells, a quarterback for Virginia Tech. He's a Marshall transfer. He was kind of fun at Marshall. Uh, he's not playing very well. Four touchdowns, four interceptions. He's not really inspiring. Um, and West Virginia has had some terrible luck. Uh, they actually are 0-2 against the spread because of a pick six that they threw against uh, Pitt in the backyard brawl. And then they had an overtime fumble recovery touchdown where they ended up losing by two scores instead of just one score to Kansas. Um, they're actually 128th in the country in luck rating by team rankings. Pretty bad. Don't love that. Uh, so I think this game is going to be weird, which is 
I say that about every uh, weeknight game that we have, but you put this one in Lane Stadium, and honestly, I think I, I know you disagree, so I want to talk about this, but I, mm-hmm. I am actually going to lean Virginia Tech in this game because you put a weird game. I know they have bad offense, but their defense is pretty good, and West Virginia's defense is just uh, it's it's atrocious. 114th in points per drive allowed, 113th in passing EPA. Um, yeah, I, I mean they're they're just not playing very well. So uh, I give the lean to the home dog in one of the most exciting, one of the toughest places to play in college football in Lane Stadium. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with you on the under. I think that's a good angle, but I, I completely disagree with you on the spread here. I think that. You know, what is this spread if West Virginia gets a little bit of turnover luck and doesn't lose those games? And secondly, like you mentioned the advanced stats for Virginia Tech's offense against the likes of Boston College and Wofford. Like that's that's not exactly instilling confidence here. So ESPN FPI has these teams seven points apart. I know it's still a small sample size early in the season, but seven point difference in favor of West Virginia and the spread is only one and a half like Virginia Tech does not have that big of a home field advantage like I'm sorry it's a it's a tough place to play but in terms of the value of the points it is not that significant Uh, I'm going to take a buy low spot here on Virginia on West Virginia with what their offense has shown the first couple of, of weeks and um minus a little bit of turnover luck then they this spread is a lot bigger than one and a half I think we disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's move on to Friday night here. And uh, I am very excited, Mr. Gibbons, because and I'm, I'm honestly just shocked. I am, as you can hear, I am almost rendered speechless that my alma mater, the Syracuse Orange, are a 10 and a half point favorite against anybody in the FBS. And here we are. It's a conference game in the ACC with a chance to get the 4-0 against Virginia Friday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN with a total in this game of 53. Now, we need to talk about this because I will fully admit that Syracuse, we talk about luck. Uh, they, they made the play at the end of the game. But they were pretty darn fortunate to win that game against Purdue. And now I'm staring at a 10 and a half point spread. I am very happy as an alum. I think we're going to start the season five and zero. Oh. maybe uh, get some get some calls out to our Syracuse alum producers at college game day to get them on campus for a Syracuse NC State game in October. But for this game here, I, I can't believe I'm looking at Syracuse as a 10 and a half point favorite. Yeah, this is what the people come for. They come for unders and they come for Syracuse football talk. Undefeated Syracuse Orange football talk. (laughs) Uh, So this line hit 11 yesterday. It's got some buyback on 10 and a half. And you talked about that Syracuse was lucky to come away from Purdue with a win. Virginia was lucky to come away from Old Dominion with the win. Hmm. Um, Bill Conley puts out these really, they're terrific, these box scores at the end. He puts little notes in there. And his note on Virginia was, despite Virginia's multiple uh, attempted times to lose, they win this game. Um, so we should be talking about a Virginia team that has another loss on their record, but um, they're just bad. They're bad at football. They're 121st in pass EPA. They have Brennan Armstrong, a 4,000-yard passer from last year with good wide receivers. Is this a Tony Elliott problem? They brought him over from Clemson to be the head coach. Was it maybe uh, Bronco Mendenhall was just carrying this team and he's a, a Hall of Fame coach? I don't know. Virginia is bad. Mm. Um, 
So we are going to be talking about an undefeated Syracuse team going into October. I would love to see college game day in Syracuse, especially for the NC State game if the Wolfpack can stay undefeated until then. Um, I'm not sure that the the spread excites me enough. Uh, I would probably lean Syracuse at home here in the JMA wireless dome. Listen, uh, Brett, <laughs> you anybody that walks into the JMA wireless dome does not come out alive. The team no. is undefeated <laughs> since they changed the name to the building formerly known as the Carrier Dome. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I don't have a lean, though, on the points. But what I do have a, a strong lean on is taking under Virginia's team total of 20 and a half. So they've scored 19 total points this season against FBS teams. That includes Old Dominion in Illinois. And Illinois' defense is okay, but like, come on. Um, so why would they score more than their season's total against Syracuse's defense? Now, I know that Syracuse's defense doesn't exactly shake out very well in some of the advanced metrics. Um, but they held Purdue to just a 10.4% explosive play rate, only that less than 4% explosive plays on the ground. Um, Made Virginia Malik is Cunningham in the season opener look absolutely right. ordinary. Who's an amazing athlete. Yeah. So I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm digging into the advanced metrics too far. Just again, cause you look at their EPA, you look at stuff like that. It's just not, it's not great. But my eyeballs tell me that they're playing really well in these, you know, holding Purdue with generally explosive offense to nothing um, is, is encouraging. And the other thing, too, is Virginia might be the worst red zone team in the entire country. They had a 14.3 percent red zone touchdown rate against Old Dominion. Yikes. 25 uh, percent goal to go touchdown rate. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. so I'm taking I'm taking under the team total there. Twenty and a half points is far too many. They're not going into Syracuse. They're not scoring twenty one points. They're just not. So I like under the team total. Um, the over under doesn't excite me too much because it's a little bit more conservative, rightfully so. Uh, and this could be a game where Syracuse wins like fourteen to seven. So I'm I'm not I'm not excited about the over under. Um, but yeah, Virginia's team total sign me up for that. The JMA Wireless Dome, where college football teams go to die. Let's move on to the Saturday slate here for college football week four, and we will begin with a noon kickoff between Maryland and Michigan. This one in the big house, the Wolverines, a 16 and a half point favorite in this one. The total, a very juicy 65 and a half. You mentioned unders. Is this one of them? Uh, it's not actually. I don't okay. think I'm going to mess around with that just because I think that Maryland can go, uh, you know, blow for blow with Michigan in terms of scoring. Um, this this is one of my favorite bets of the week. I'm taking Michigan minus 16 and a half because I love Maryland. I love Maryland's offense. The world loves Maryland's offense. And I think Michigan is going to kick the ever-loving crap out of them in this game. So I'm going to take Michigan minus 16 and a half. That's also why I don't like under the points because if Michigan's going to win big, Maryland could still score. I, I mean, Michigan could hang 55 on them. I, I don't love Maryland's defense all that much. Um, but the Terps do have a running back who's interesting. His name's Roman Hemby. And I went back in the preview magazines and I dug through some preseason stuff and he wasn't listed on the two deep. And now here he is with 32 carries on the season, rushing for 9.2 yards per carry. He's a real breakout star. I like this kid. Um, and Maryland has really good wide receivers. That's the other reason I'm not going to go under here. You know, this could be a high scoring affair where Michigan possibly covers a spread. And, you know, when you get into those high totals, uh, the variance is bigger, so point spreads, you know, they're a little bit more interesting to bet on. So Maryland had a pretty good win against SMU last week. Um, but other than that, 
these two teams have not played anybody. Michigan hasn't played. They have the easiest strength of schedule in the nation right now with Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Perhaps why um, we should take yeah. their FPI with a grain of salt because they're number four right now behind Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Just, just a thought. I'm, what do you think? You know, I, I so in, in my power rankings, I have them in the same tier as Clemson which means I don't see a yeah. huge discrepancy between those two teams just because Michigan's offense is, is pretty good, especially now that J.J. McCarthy is uh, starting quarterback. Uh, I, th- I think he's a star. He's a bigger playmaker than Cade McNamara. Um, but in, in terms of usable with a grain of salt, I think this team is, is very good. I mean, they, they had the easiest strength of schedule, but they're beating these teams by 50, almost 60 points. So I'm not terribly concerned about well, their schedule's super easy. Now they're going to play a better team and get beat. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that's the case. So, um, yeah, I, I like Michigan to cover sixteen and a half. I think that they run away with it at home. Uh, there's just not a lot to go against the Wolverines so far. If you like Michigan as well, I would advise jumping on this line early before we get to Friday or Saturday as we record this here in the middle of the week. There are a couple of 17 starting to pop at FanDuel Sportsbook and DraftKings Sportsbook, still minus 16.5 at the other destinations. So uh, go get that number early if you want to back the Wolverines because it looks like the line is moving towards that two touchdown and a field goal uh, margin of 17. All right, let's continue on with the Saturday slate of college football games for week four, and we head down to the SEC, Knoxville, Tennessee. Good old Rocky Top, Florida at Tennessee. The Vols, a 10.5-point home favorite in this one, kickoff at 3.30 p.m., on CBS with a total of 62, 62 and a half, depending on where you shop, Gibbons. Yeah, it's on to me. How often do you see these SEC versus SEC matchups and see a point total like 62 and a half? It's not right. it's not common. Um, this number did kind of creep back down or uh, fell down to 10. And now it's creeping kind of back up in, in favor of Tennessee. You're seeing kind of that buyback around that 10 uh, number, which is interesting. I like the Vols here, um, but I'm probably not going to touch this point spread just because it's a big rivalry game. This is one of the SEC's most heated, hated rivalries between these two teams. Um, so I'm probably going to stay away from that. But we need to have a conversation about Anthony Richardson. He was looking like a Heisman contender preseason. He plays lights out against Utah. Um, and now he's thrown two interceptions in each of his last two games. One of those coming against South Florida. Uh, that's extremely concerning. The passing offense is bad. The rushing offense is great. And Anthony Richardson's rushing ability is just terrific. But the passing offense is bad. And that concerns me a bit because they're playing Tennessee, who's one of the most explosive offenses in the country. Uh, and I also worry about Florida's run defense. They're 117th in rush defense EPA. Again, USF is on that on in, in part of that data. So th- that's really concerning to me. Tennessee runs the heck out of the ball more than more than I expected. I thought, you know, 55 percent of plays called are runs um, for having Hendon Hooker. That's quite a few. And he, he's a good athlete. And he, he does a lot of that running. But yeah, I, I I've liked to bet favorites in high point total games. But given the uh, rivalry nature of this, it, it just it scares me off of it. Um, but I'm certainly going to enjoy watching this one. 
For sure. Again, I'll mention ESPN FPI. Take it with a grain of salt. Just more information for everybody to put into their arsenal when trying to handicap. But Tennessee uh, is favored in FPI on a neutral field over Florida by about 13 points. The Vols at home looking at a spread of 10 and a half in this one. Uh, man, I'm living in a world where Kentucky's beating Tennessee every, or Kentucky's beating Florida every other year, and Syracuse is about to be five and zero. I, I mean, what a country, Brett! What a country! And, and and Duke and Kansas are battle of undefeateds, which we almost put on the docket today, uh, but I didn't have a lean in it, so I figured it'd be a waste of time. But yeah, what what a this is 2007 all over again. You gotta love it. Parody in the outside the top tier of college football. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. In the Pac-12, 4 o'clock Eastern start time here on Fox, Oregon, a six and a half point road favorite at Washington State over under about 57 and a half. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, I have a ticket on Oregon minus five and a half before it rose. Um, Mm -hmm. So good closing line value, but I'm a little worried because Pullman is a surprisingly difficult place to play. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly annoying to get to as well. Yeah, it's impossible to get to. My my goodness. And um, it's the Power 5 smallest stadium, I believe, with just over 30,000. It's in that 30, 32,000-ish range. Um, but Washington State has some terrific home field advantage, especially when they're hosting yep. a team like Oregon. So that makes me a little nervous. I have seen this number touch seven it's now back down below that. So I think seven is going to be that magic number where there's some buyback on Washington state. Um, I think people are going to buy into Washington state because of their performance against Wisconsin. I'm imploring people. Don't look at their Wisconsin game and look at Oregon and be like, Oh, same thing. Mm -mm." No. So Oregon runs with speed. They dominate the run game. They dominated BYU with speed on the edge. Washington state was able to shut down Wisconsin's run game because they don't have speed at the edge. They were just running Braylon Allen between the guards every other play for like 2.2 yards of carry. I was at that game. It was extremely frustrating for Wisconsin fans. Oregon and Washington are not the same team. So I implore people to just be a little bit cautious with that. Um, and the other thing that I like about Oregon is that they were just terrific against zone defense last week. And BYU's defense is pretty good. They were uh, they were throwing the ball at 18.2 yards Per completion, uh, 31.6% explosive play rate. That's just outrageous against zone. Um, And Washington State ran almost exclusively zone against Wisconsin. Now, maybe that was a game plan because they wanted to keep everything in front of them, limit the big plays downfield, and really kind of funnel the run. But they were loading the box with eight guys. So they were running fire zones with, you know, four guys kind of bailing in in coverage there. So I I, I like Oregon in this matchup. uh, But again, the location does worry me a little bit. 
ESPN FBI has this line about right if you take into account home field advantage for Washington State. So to Gibbons' point, he liked it at five and a half, but we're at a stopping point here. I think it sounds like at, at that six and a half, seven number for Oregon being a, a road favorite here in a, in a sneaky, tough place to play in the Pac-12. Iowa at Rutgers on FS1, 7 o'clock Eastern start time. Somehow Iowa has found another opponent that they can play and be more than a touchdown favorite, Gibbons. It's a friggin' miracle. I wanted to put this on the docket so badly. This game is outrageous. Uh, <laughs> the The total is 35, which is the lowest 35. point total. In a, it, it's, it's the lowest point total in a college football game at the division one level in the past six full seasons. Oh, my God. I love it so much, and I'm taking the under. I just yeah, well, it's, You're <laughs> not alone. It's down to 34 and a half, man. Yeah, as as long as Spencer Petras is playing quarterback for Iowa, uh, I, I'm taking the under. I'll take under their team total. I'll take under the points, it, just everything. Um, interestingly, and I, I meant to check this this morning, it doesn't look like this is the case, um, but this went off the board uh, at FanDuel and, and DraftKings on Tuesday. Um, I kind of think it's because they were getting a huge influx in under bets, and so mm-hmm. they decided to take it down and reevaluate. Um, how much this, lower can you go on it on a total? I, You're already at a record number. And and that might be why they pulled it. Cause they're like, <laughs> we're not making this 28 and a half. Like we're, you know, you, you right. just can't do that. Um, but boy, talk about some abysmal passing offenses, uh, 103rd and 120th between these two teams and passing explosiveness. That's exciting. Um, they're, <laughs> they're flat out last in the nation in offensive EPA. I was, it's just, it's hilarious, but their defense is so strong that Rutgers is not going to score points. So I'm just so excited for this to be 10, seven, 17, 14. It's just, I, I love this game so much because it's going to be so ugly and so boring unless you love watching just disasters on your TV. Um, but yeah, I like in all seriousness, I, I really do like the under uh, again because Iowa can't score and they're going to hold Rutgers scoreless. Yeah. Again, I think just another example, if you are a novice to the betting world for college football in particular here, you can't just blindly look at records, right? Iowa is two and one, couldn't even score an offensive touchdown against Iowa State. And now they're a seven and a half point road favorite against a team that on paper is three and oh in Rutgers. You can't make it that simple. It's not that simple. Um, Don't just automatically run to the book and bet on Rutgers because of the records and because of the offense for Iowa uh, matchups are everything here um, are you tempted at all now that I've now that I've prefaced all that Gibbons are you tempted at all to take Rutgers to cover with such a low total uh, no certainly not I no, definitely not Rutgers um, I think as bad as Iowa's offense is it is in theory going to improve as the year goes on <laughs> um, and again I just don't see how Rutgers scores any points in this Iowa's defense is nasty I mean they they could you see it. They hold everybody to 10 or, or fewer points. And even yeah, though they they're not scoring the field, a lot of points they give their offense short fields with turnovers. Yeah, they're they're disruptive. And it's one of those things where every year I hear the same thing about, well, they had high turnover luck last year, so it's going to regress to the mean. No, I was so disruptive. Riley Moss is one of the best defensive backs in the whole country, and that's what they do. They create their own turnover luck. Yeah, less likely to against, you know, bottom – half college football programs like Rutgers as well. 
Another night game on Saturday night, Arkansas versus Texas A&M. A&M right at the ship last week against Miami after losing to Appalachian State. The Aggies are a one and a half point home favorite. This one against 7 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on ESPN. We are looking at a total of 48 and a half for another night matchup in the SEC. Yeah, this is one of my favorite rivalries in the entire country, and it's one that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot. But if Mm. you're in the know with Arkansas and Texas A&M, these two teams hate each other, hate with a capital H. The fans hate each other. I went to this game uh, two years ago. Uh, No, last year. Yeah, I was at it last year, 21. And I specifically chose a seat that was in between the A&M and the Arkansas fans. And uh, I also sat next to a line of security guards because they were just sitting there keeping it. People were you know, giving each other the one finger salute and all that good stuff. These two teams hate each other. And what comes with that is a fierce, intense rivalry. That's always close and always weird. Uh, This game ended 17, 10 in favor of Arkansas last year. Uh, Texas A&M's off offense, pardon me, was about in the same place that they are this year. Um, But Arkansas Traylon Burks and a few other playmakers last year that they don't have this year. Uh, you know, AM's offense, very serious problem. 113th in passing EPA. That's gross. We all know. I don't have to rattle off all the stats here. Um, but their defense is just amazing. They Miami had a zero percent red zone success rate. Zero hmm. percent in the red zone. Um, yeah, and I, I think they can do that to Arkansas too. Arkansas's offense is pretty good. I like KJ Jefferson a great deal, but I think AM's defense is just way too good but they need to give the ball to anaya smith they just just give him the football he had like 9.2 yards a touch against miami and yet somehow they still only came away with 17 points i don't quite get that uh this is number uh, another number that i like to lean the under at 48 points you know that's an nfl over under but i don't think that arkansas is going to be able to score on texas a&m and texas a&m cannot score the football so this is another kind of perfect storm that equation that I really like in the unders uh and I probably am going to bet it I'm not a huge I'm not like I, I don't see this number at like 54 but oh that's 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 easy um but I think I do still lean under 48 and a half here do you think we're still at a buy low spot here for AM with the loss to Appalachian State still fresh in people's minds because FPI has these teams about three points apart on a neutral before we even take into account home field advantage. And we're looking at A&M as a one and a half point home favorite here. I know Arkansas is rejuvenated. The program's in good shape. Um, but I'm just curious if you think we're still the market's still wrongfully down on A&M because they fell asleep against Appalachian State. Well, this game actually is at a neutral field. It's played at AT&T Stadium. Oh, okay. in so that ex- so, thank you for mentioning sure, that. That yeah. accounts for it. Yeah, for sure. But um Still, yeah, there's definitely a buy low on it. Uh, situationally, it depends. Like if AM is going up against some of these more kind of top flight SEC offenses, I'd be very concerned. Um, well, if but you take the out team, the home field, Brett, like that takes away our entire conversation. Okay. Because Fair, now yeah, we're, now we're within a point here and, and it's, you know, it's semantics sure. at that point. So, you know, we can just move on from that point. So, but thank you for mentioning it's a lot of people. I didn't know. I'm sure a lot of people just checking in on the odds in the video may not have realized that this game is not at Kyle Field. It is at Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. 
Back to the Big Ten. Night game, prime time on ABC, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Wisconsin at Ohio State. Wisconsin already has a loss to a Pac-12 school in Washington State and now find themselves an 18-point road underdog to the Buckeyes. Uh, your thoughts on this one as we are looking at an over-under around 57.5 here? It's another under I like. Again, it's another perfect storm of do I trust Wisconsin to hold their weight and keep pace on offense? No, especially against Ohio State's defense that has shown to be extremely good so far. Um, and, you know, Ohio State was held at 21 points against Notre Dame, who now looking back on it, their defense is still good, but they're not that top five team that Ohio State thought that they were playing unless they just rattled their confidence still. Um you know, this number has gone up to 18. It was at 17 and a half. I'm probably not laying the points with Ohio State because I expect this to go under uh, and points are going to be kind of valuable there. Uh, we have a 19.25 implied team total for Wisconsin. If you want to bet under that, absolutely do so against Ohio State's pretty solid uh, defense there. Um, a couple of injuries, though, to note for Ohio State. Travion Henderson actually was banged up a little bit against Toledo, um, but he'll be ready to go for this game. But just keep an eye. Maybe he's on a snap count. I'm not terribly worried about it because Ohio State might actually be deeper at running back than they are at receiver, which is crazy to say. Um, Mayan Williams will be able to just, you know, bulldoze, bulldoze over Wisconsin. Um, and also Jackson Smith and Jigba, they eased him back in last week. He had two receptions for 33 yards. They hung 77 on Toledo. They didn't really need him. Now, that 77 mark on Toledo is actually notable because Toledo's ranked 49th in defensive SP plus, which is around the likes of Florida State, Texas Tech, and UCLA. So if you think Ohio State's going to, even in the ballpark, hang, say, 63, because you're going to account for the gap in talent between those teams, hang 63 on Florida State, Texas Tech, or UCLA, that's impressive. Um, but Wisconsin's not that low. They're their top five team in defensive SP+. Plus. But what killed them against Washington State was they had 106 penalty yards, and they had a couple of costly interceptions and turnovers. It was just, it was a mess. And they had a get-right game the next week. So... I feel like they're on track, but I'm treating Wisconsin like they're a 3-0 team because they should have won. If you look at post-game win expectancy against Washington State, they probably should have won that game if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot all the time. But again, I like the under because I don't trust Wisconsin's offense to keep their pace, and I think that their defense is good enough to keep Ohio State from covering this whole thing by themselves. All right. Uh, hey, by the way, you've been to 106 stadiums. Have you been to Syracuse? Yeah, it was under construction um, and it was in the middle of the pandemic. So I have this really goofy picture with a face mask on and a bunch of construction behind me. And you can't even tell it's a carrier dome. And I did a big old thumbs down because I was kind of sad about it. That's not a place that I've been to for a game yet. Yeah, not exactly. Maybe a bottom five of prettiest uh, arenas that you've been to, I'm sure. It is not pretty. It is uh, not a fun place to play. As you walk into the door for the media entrance, you get sucked in because it's pressurized. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's a weird place, but it is the home of the soon-to-be 5-0 Syracuse Orange, and I can't wait to keep talking about this squad <laughs> because it's, it's only going to happen once every 10 years for me. But I want to wish everybody best of luck in week four college football. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the rest of our videos here on the Lions YouTube channel or the podcast feed, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on audio, leave us a review, a five-star rating. You'll be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card 
hit that uh, hit that like button on YouTube. Let us know in the comments who you are betting on in week four of the college football season. As always, all our content over at thelines.com is completely free from our NFL write-ups to Brett Gibbons' college football previews. You can find them on the site. And go to the top right-hand corner as well and hit the button to join our free Discord channel all throughout the week. Great conversations and back and forth, debating bets, debating how good and bad these teams are. It's fun. It's a great community, and we want you to join us as well. For Brett Gibbons, I'm Steven Andres. Again, best of luck with your college football bets.